What up, what up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 167 of the Spun Today podcast. And in this episode, my wife and I speak about the experience of welcoming our second born child home. Shout out to baby Grayson. We speak about the pregnancy, delivery, recovery, leaving the hospital during COVID times, and the very scary experience that we had of my wife having to be readmitted into the hospital postpartum. Literally the same day we were discharged from the hospital that night, she had to be readmitted where she lasted five additional days. We get into all that in sharing our experience with you fine folks and much, much more. This is the first episode that I'm recording again in a while because the past month or so worth of podcast I pre-recorded um, in anticipation to my wife having the baby and, you know, being on paternity leave and and all the craziness that that comes along with that. But it definitely feels good to be back at it. But yeah, it's been uh, pretty crazy, pretty hectic. Our son Grayson is doing great. He doesn't sleep at night, though, like most newborns don't, you know, being that you have to feed them every two hours. But on top of that, he's like a very uncomfortable sleeper when he does sleep because he has like acid reflux and he's constantly crying and awake and and needless to say none of us are getting much sleep (laughs) but that comes with the territory right the first uh like six weeks or so they estimate then it starts getting a little bit easier in terms of spacing out the feedings it doesn't have to be as frequent as uh every two hours which with him by the way it's more like every like hour to hour and a half because the kid can eat but my other son aiden has been doing great he's uh turned two years old this july and you know we were worried about him being like really jealous and resentful of the baby like some siblings can be but you know thankfully he he hasn't been that bad at all he's been you know really good i'm really proud of him actually he tries to help out with the baby sometimes a little bit too much (laughs) you know trying to like like pick him up or like carry him which he can't obviously do or you know tries to like hold his bottle which is fine sometimes unless he's like jamming it like in the baby's face and he's constantly like running to the baby like if he hears him like cry or anything like that and he's being a really attentive older brother which as a as a parent is is dope to see in terms of anxiety for me i don't know if you all remember if you've been listening to the show for a while maybe you'll know if not if you want to revisit episode i believe 104 of the podcast i did a welcome baby aiden uh episode and told you guys about a a lot of the stuff that i went through um with not sleeping being like too paranoid to sleep you know in fear of of sids or like something happening to the baby while while i was like knocked out my wife and i was like literally taking shifts and just you know watching the baby 24 hours even while he slept and when doing so with that, you know, you, you doze off sometimes. And like my, my wife dozed off. I woke up and noticed that she was sleeping. So then after that, it like I like doubled down on the like not even uh, taking shifts. Like I just wanted to stay up 24-7. I had like a what was deemed to be. I went to like a sleep doctor and shit afterwards. And I think they said something along the lines of um, lack of sleep induced panic attack or something. Something like that. But basically what happened to me physically was I woke up 
after like dozing off and I couldn't breathe. And it was like 30 seconds of like, I like just couldn't suck air in. And I like stood up on the bed and it was scary as shit. But this time around with the baby, it's been like a lot less of that. <laughs> so I'm not as afraid to sleep. You know, we have a, a bit more experience, obviously, after after having our, our first son. So even though Grayson is is a worse sleeper, I would say, um, it's less, the whole experience is like less anxiety driven. Also, what's been helping a lot, which we didn't mention during recording the episode, but my wife, to surprise me, uh, actually purchased, um, it's called an Owlet Care. It's like this baby sock that monitors, it's kind of like a Fitbit kind of sock thing that monitors uh, the baby's oxygen levels and his sleeping patterns and his heartbeat. It has like a little base and there's also an app on your phone so you can constantly monitor it via the phone and if the baby god forbid stops breathing or is choking or something like that his heart rate you know gets elevated past uh, certain benchmarks then it you know, like your phone will start ringing the bass will start ringing so it'll like wake you up if you are asleep like that in itself even though my wife and i are still like we're we're taking shifts in terms of uh watching the baby and you know we like we have them separated in different different rooms from from aiden because you know the baby being up and crying all the time then wakes up aiden and then he doesn't sleep and then he gets cranky so we have them separated right now but just having the ability of of having that sock and and constantly like monitored like that gives it's provided so much peace of mind it's really been a saving grace so babe i know you bought it for me mainly because <laughs> of like everything we went through with with aiden so thank you for that i really appreciate it and it's something I definitely, I definitely recommend to folks. And now I know when we had Aiden, someone told us about it, but the thing costs like three or four hundred bucks, and we were like, "All right, it's not that serious. Like, we're not, we're not gonna like spend that much on this, this little gadget thing." And this time around, my wife purchased it secondhand, and it was from someone that she said she used it for like three months, because it's one of those things, you know, it's like when the baby's a newborn and you know can't really move, and God forbid, you know chokes because he can't move and uh, or something like that um but they outgrow it eventually even though you could continue using it like they have like bigger sizes of, of the sock and the monitor and stuff like that that you can uh continue using with the, with the baby as he grows older but most people just use it for a handful of months in the beginning so it's like practically brand new but because it was secondhand she was able to get like a, a great deal on it for like 100 bucks or something like that so i definitely recommend it especially if you folks can find a deal like that. But yeah, folks, here is, without further ado, a conversation with my wife, my beautiful, strong, caring, extremely impressive wife, and our experience with welcoming home baby Grayson. But first, before we jump in, here is a very, very quick way that you can help support this show. If you do any shopping on Amazon, like most of the world, I ask that you do so by clicking on any of the Amazon banners on my website. This will take you to Amazon where you can do your shopping like you normally do. It will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Speaking of Amazon, they fulfill a bunch of the merch that I have available. If you go to spuntoday.com forward slash support, you're going to find a brand new merch section where you'll find the iconic podcasts versus anybody super soft premium cotton t 
t-shirt. You'll also find the legendary Spun Today podcast tee, which is in the style of the New York City plastic thank you bags logo. For my fellow Dominicans out there, I have a dope Dominican Escudo t-shirt. You know where the Lacoste or Polo shirts have their little logo? Picture that, but instead, a Dominican Escudo. All available now in a variety of different colors for men and women in all sizes. In the Spun Today merch section, which again is at spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll also find a bunch of other t-shirt designs, long sleeve t-shirts, short sleeve t-shirts, color changing coffee mugs, and much, much more. Check out all the merch at spuntoday.com forward slash support. Alrighty, so you went through some shit. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I told you we were going to jump right into it. All right, so I want to I want to get into obviously everything you you went through after giving birth to our new baby boy Grayson, but the I also want to go over like the beforehand and like stuff like that. So I remember with Aiden, for example, our first son, our two year old, who's doing great by the way. He's like I'm really proud of him. He's being a a great big brother. He's, like, always, like, running to the baby when he hears him cry. And, you know, he's not being too jealous or anything like that and always trying to help. So that's awesome. But I remember with him, with his pregnancy, you and I went to the hospital for, like, our last scheduled visit for, like, the regular, you know, like, the weekly visits at that point. And yeah. it was, like, the 40-week uh, sonogram scan or whatever. They told us there... Well, they scared the shit out of us. The the lady doing the sonogram, she was like, is this baby breached? And we didn't know what the hell breach meant. And she's like asking out loud, but kind of like talking to herself. And we're like, what the fuck does that mean? Is something wrong? And then... No, but that wasn't for that appointment. Yeah, it was. No, it was the one before that. For the last appointment, she told us um, that I didn't have a, a lot of amniotic fluid. I thought it was the, so that I was the same. I needed to get induced. No, it's a, a different appointment. Okay. Well, I, I remember being the same appointment where she said that is the baby breach and also said that it was like low amniotic fluid, but I'm probably wrong. So anyway, she, she tells us that there's low amniotic fluid. And then from that appointment, they like rushed us to the hospital, basically told us to go check in to go have the baby. And it was like an unexpected thing, obviously. Uh, but we were kind of like prepared for it because we already had our bag packed, like the hospital bag and like all our stuff just in case because we knew, you know, it was we had like a few days left before having to. Well, my due date was on the 9th and I had the baby on the 7th. So, yeah, we so knew it was coming. Before, right? yeah. yeah. And then um, but it was kind of like hectic and we had to like like go over and stuff like that with Grayson. It was a bit more or not a bit more. It was like completely more like scheduled. Because now, like, with COVID and stuff like that going on, they gave the option of, like, voluntarily inducing uh, the baby, like, yeah. in advance, like, scheduling induction. I was already induction. induced the first pregnancy. Oh, okay, that's why. They allow me to do it for the second one. And, okay, so since you were induced for the first time, they allow you to get induced for the second time, and that allowed us to, like, schedule it in advance. So, like, which I was very happy about, yeah, because <laughs> you were already like super uncomfortable, right? Like, towards the end of the pregnancy, oh, yeah. And I wanted it to be scheduled and have like a date, not having to wait until I had contractions and being home, and then you know, having to go to the city f 
for the hospital. That's like a little. Yeah, from Queens to Manhattan. That made me a little anxious. I remember even with Aiden too, you were like nervous that something would happen. I would be I at work and then you would have to like rush to the hospital by yourself and stuff like that. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to take a cab and I might have the baby in the cab. Oh my God, that, that was like so scary to think of. Yeah, so when they gave us that option, you obviously like jumped on it and and yeah. that was a, that was like a good thing. And another another benefit of that is that since we were scheduled and the hospital was expecting us, like we had our like a private room that we went to directly or like the not the private uh, room delivery. but the, the delivery room that we went to directly but it was a, way way nicer yeah, yeah than the, nicer. the first time <laughs> and also like with the first time since we weren't expected and scheduled and they also had like a busy like day or weekend or whatever of deliveries at that at that time like they literally put us in like a closet that had it was really a closet yeah like literally a closet that had a bed in it and then from there once space opened up then they were able to like move us to like a delivery room and stuff like that but with with grace and we went straight to the delivery room everything was like you know scheduled and regimented and and comfortable from there i remember well first of all tell me how was this pregnancy different from from aiden i know you like my like maletare and stuff like that like it was like bothering you well obviously it's gonna be different you know different experiences but for this one it was like i felt sick like more often um like the usual like the morning sickness from like the first trimester you felt it like yeah it was throughout. yeah it was um not throughout but in the beginning it was harder i felt more morning sickness it was like stronger and so i think the and i felt that the baby was bigger so it was like hard from the beginning yeah you know on and even when he started moving like in your stomach we could see oh, his like arms and legs so painful out, that she was like aliens and in the beginning i remember when i started bleeding um, oh yeah i bled once and that was scary because we didn't know if it was like normal or what was gonna happen but i think it was um because i had the vaginal uh ultrasound mm-hmm like, the, like a day or two before right yeah so i was bleeding because of that which was weird because the first uh pregnancy the first ultrasound was you know the vaginal one the vaginal one and that's it but this one i guess they they, they thought they were gonna get the information better that way and they just did it vaginally um which was whatever you know it's it's uncomfortable anyways to do ultrasounds um True. Cause they, you know, they push a lot and it's not pleasant. No. The only good thing is that you get to see the baby and, and hear, hear the heartbeat. The heartbeat and stuff. Yeah. And you wait so long to see the baby, so yeah. that's the, the good thing about it. But it's, it's definitely uncomfortable. Um, it's not that pleasant, so especially when you get bigger, because they push like the whatever the little camera thing, the wand the thing, yeah. <laughs> and they push it like really deep. So from my perspective, it's like all the good stuff of getting to see the baby on the screen and pictures and hearing the heartbeat and but for us mamas, (laughs) it's not easy. Like uh, it's definitely like you feel like you're being probed and 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 like prodded and yeah, it's that's that's pregnancy. (laughs) So then after we are in the delivery room, which is again really nice, we're comfortable. I remember 
I was ready. Yeah, you were ready. <laughs> like, yeah, like you, you wanted to give birth like right yeah, away. Yeah, thirty nine weeks. They did the like balloon thing, right? That was the first thing that they did. No, they oh, no, did first the, the pill. They inserted a pill to, to like, begin the induction process, or like to soften it or something. To, yeah, it's like to soften the cervix or to thin it out and to start like contractions. Um, and they usually do. It's it's not a like a set. Like you do the pill first and then the balloon. You do whatever, whatever okay. you want first but i was so you know apprehensive of the balloon because the first time it was so painful yeah i remember the first <laughs> time when we were in that little tiny closet room with aiden they tried the this balloon thing to like like insert a, a balloon to open the cervix more but my cervix was long so they couldn't really insert it properly and, it like hell. and i literally felt i was like i i think this is how it feels when people get raped i i'm not saying that i'm like saying yeah. whatever but no, i remember it like, was you, very you were, like you traumatizing crying, yeah i was like yo what the fuck i, Lee, I, I think i even like, told him to stop and like so when i saw her hand coming out with blood and everything i was like oh my god it was really painful it was really really painful so, so. like traumatizing obviously so this time around when they were like do you want the balloon or the pill you're like, uh, like give me the no, pill first yeah <laughs> like i was like no i don't want the balloon just give me the the pill uh, just insert the pill and let's see what happens. You know, yeah. I, like I was open-minded, but I was still like, mm, I don't think I'm going to do the balloon. And I kept telling like every doctor, every nurse, like over and over the story again about traumatizing like the first time was <laughs> to like, like <laughs> try to like set it in. For reliving it a million times. But, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, uh, I just didn't want to do it in the beginning because I just wanted to try and see if, if what the pill would be enough. True. Um, but it wasn't, unfortunately. Well, it it would have been, but it would taken the process like longer. Oh right. Because the uh, the balloon like it opens you like, like four cent- four centimeters more, and it speeds up the process, and it helps the the pill do its thing, you know. So, um, I was like, maybe I should just try it. Maybe this time around it won't be that bad. And the nurse was being really, like, supportive. She was like, you know, you don't have to do it, but it will help you, you know, if you want to try it. And if it hurts, then they will stop, you know, like, you know, being very supportive of whatever, my decision. Yeah. So I was like, fine, let's try it. And if it hurts, I'll just scream and they probably stop. <laughs> um, so that's what we did. And they inserted it. It wasn't that bad. Thank God. And it was quick, too, right? Yeah, and, and I just told them to, like, prop me up and, uh, what is it? Uh, like a pillow or stuff? No, no, it was like a <laughs> the pee the thing. Oh, the the thing that you pee in. The, whatever, the, that, like, silver thing. The bedpan. Bedpan, there you go. Yeah. So they just propped me up on the bedpan. And because we found out from the first time, after they propped you up. Yeah, it was easier Aiden, to it, do it. Then it, it worked. But the first time, that's when you felt... Uh, yeah like all the pain and shit like that so i just so. told them just try it that way and hopefully it worked which it did and it didn't hurt that much and they propped you up like they they put that like but i was like to like prop you up right oh my god i was praying i was like oh my god please please i don't want it to hurt and it like it was hurting when they was checking me like uh oh my god like i didn't want to think about that but yeah it, it was definitely like more painful like i was feeling things more this time yeah 
And I guess it's because you know what's, you what's know, what, you yeah, like what you're going to feel, you know how it's going to feel when they check you and they do all that stuff. So you're more aware of your body and what's, you know, what's going on. Because when you don't know the first time, you don't know what you're going to feel. So yeah. you're like, ah, whatever. You're like, no. <laughs> More like go with the flow. Yeah. And then, so the balloon, after they inserted that, you know, helped, that went smoothly. Then after yeah. that, then they do another pill, right? The Pitocin? Thing? No, that's the um, infusion. It's like a IV. Oh, okay, the, okay. The Pitocin is in the IV. Okay. But they inserted the balloon. Um, and it like they fill it up with water and that opens up the cervix um, usually it does like three to four centimeters right away and then like it, it deflates or no no it doesn't deflate it just stays like that but when your cervix opens it like pops out um, pops the balloon out. yeah, yeah it, like, no it pops it out. out the balloon yeah like like the inflated balloon it pops out because yeah. your cervix is open so it like it's pushes it out yeah so the nurse just does it like a little tug and it pops out nice. <laughs> it's really gross <laughs> but whatever it helps you dilate m- uh, more and hopefully you get to 10 you get centimeters your body, like, right the, away it like touch body all right it's go time like, yeah, yeah. Start, start the process so you start feeling contractions you feel pressure it feels like cramping like period pain for us ladies you know we know what we're talking about yeah <laughs> the guys don't have they have no idea <laughs> um but it feels like yeah period cramps like the beginning stages the first few days that's how it feels like and that's how you know contractions feel um they just feel really intense cramping period cramps after that so we we went into the hospital on thursday right october 15th mm-hmm and we started like this whole process then yeah by that time because we checked in like at 10 in the morning but by the time we got to the room and stuff like that it was a few hours later yeah everything started like they inserted the pill at one o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. so then wait a few hours and then the balloon and then yeah. wait a few hours wait like an hour for they check you and like the nurse was doing all the admitting things and asking a whole bunch of questions yeah um, which gets your mind off of it. True. Really. And after they insert the the balloon, they wait four hours to check you again to oh, see right. to see how far along you are. Yeah. So and the nurse, she said that, I mean, she took it. She took the balloon out like in an hour, which which was really fast. And she said you were already like at five centimeters or something like that at that point. Um, no, I was in four, mm-hmm. four centimeters. Um, and I was feeling I was feeling a little contractions there, but it wasn't uncomfortable. It was like Did you get the, the epidural already at that point? I don't remember. No, the epidural was way towards after. the end, right? Okay. Yeah. And all right, so then at that point, then after like a few hours and stuff like that, the next thing I remember is you getting really cold and yeah. like shivering, like to the point that I had to put like three blankets on you. I put a sweater and on you. And it still wasn't enough. And it you were wasn't. still like freezing your ass off. Yeah. And that that just came out of like nowhere, right? Yeah, I just felt really cold, like debilitating cold. Like, oh my god, it was horrible. Um, yeah, my like I couldn't stop uh, shaking. My teeth were hurting because I was Cause like chattering. Yeah, or whatever. like it was painful, and 
Like, don't matter how much stuff you put on top of me, I'm yeah. still cold. And then the room was cold as is. But then, uh, and then we uh, we mentioned it to the nurses. And I think they said that's like your body transitioning or some shit. Like, getting ready. Yeah, it was and like my body like preparing myself for delivery. Yeah. And, and the room to me, even to me, it was cold. So yeah. I was like, you know, it kind of makes sense, I guess. But it oh, was like and I kept OD on um, wanting water, more water, more water. So even though I was cold, freezing, I wanted like cold water. Yeah. Remember, I drank so much water. Yeah, hell yeah. The nurse said that my pee was so clear. <laughs> yeah, she said that's awesome. <laughs> she never seen that. She was that like completely so hydrated. But I was like so thirsty. I wanted so much water. I remember that. Yeah. And then at some point, like, that fever cold went away, right? Yeah. It got better. And then I think towards the... And the nurse kept telling me, do you feel do you feel contractions? Do you feel contractions? And I did feel them, but I just didn't want to say, um, yeah. And what if it wasn't contractions and I was just feeling cramping or whatever? Yeah. I just, you know, I wanted to be sure. Mm-hmm. Which is stupid. Just say, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, who cares if it's not real contractions but you do stupid things I, yeah, I, <laughs> especially I, I, I would imagine like when you're just, i don't like, know going it that, is the know, one the like nurse to be like oh what is she talking about she doesn't she's not even having contractions i just didn't want them to tell me that i wasn't having contractions and i was feeling cramping you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. so that means that like i wasn't dilating and whatever but it, i was being induced so i should feel something yeah, if yeah, i true. was if i had the balloon and the the pill inserted or whatever. Plus, it's like one of those things It's not like a uh, right and wrong answer. You know what I mean? It's like, I whatever. I, I thought, all right. I thought I, I thought she was like going to laugh at me. I don't know. What the yeah. <laughs> What did I think? But that's I what I'm saying. Know. Like, you're probably not th- even thinking straight or clearly yeah. like at that point. Like, your body like, going through whatever. all that shit. Like, yeah. But I was feeling something. I just didn't know if it was contractions or not. Then I, uh, the, the next steps after that are the epidural eventually, right? Like, when you started feeling contractions. Um, then I started feeling, um, like it was around like six or something, right? Like six, seven. At night? Oh, yeah. Like seven, eight. I think because you were taking the class, remember? Oh, right, right. So, um, I think it was around like eight, maybe. I started feeling more pressure and it was getting uncomfortable. Um, so I was like, maybe I should just get the epidural now. Oh, right, because they said, let us know when you want the epidural, but, like, yeah. wait till, you know. No, they didn't say, they never said to wait. Just, just let us know when you want the epidural. Um, but since I didn't know if I was, like, you know, I just wanted to wait. I don't know why I wanted to wait. Cause I think, I think, get the epidural. Cause I, I had the same understanding also. I, I, I thought it was, like wait more towards the end so it could like last more or like last throughout the whole shit or something throughout but it's the gonna whole last i just i don't know I, I guess i was waiting until since it was it's a process to get the epidural mm-hmm. i i just wanted to feel the contractions i guess to then get the epidural true like to know that i'm then after that yeah like you don't really feel them yeah because you don't feel whatever i don't know why i was waiting i just because it wasn't that bad i guess and I needed, I, like, I, I was like, okay, I guess I could wait, whatever. Yeah. But then it got to a point that it was getting painful and, like, a little uncomfortable. And I was feeling more. And I don't, I'm not fond of pain. Um, <laughs> True. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get close. it. I'm just going to get the epidural or whatever. And this this time around, it was, like, way painful to get the epidural. 
and I like was so scared that it wasn't going to work because I've heard so many stories like, oh, the, the epidural didn't work. Or I was like, oh, my God, I hope that's not the case no, for no. me. I hope I don't feel anything and the epidural works. And I was getting scared when they were doing the epidural because I was feeling, well, the, the, the anesthesiologist was like, oh, you're going to feel a pinch. And I felt that pinch like, oh, my God. Like really badly, right? Oh, and that, like, you feel the liquid going into your spine. It, it's not pleasant yeah, at all. Yeah, because for the folks listening that might not know, like, the epidural is like a picture an IV, but that goes into your back, into your spine. Yeah, it's like a tube yeah. they insert into your spine or something, and it, like, delivers the, the medication directly to your spine. And the purpose of it is to... To the nerve like or whatever. Numb you to the point where you don't feel as much pain of contractions and the birth and... No, you don't feel anything in the beginning. Yeah. But then towards the end, it stops uh, working. It starts I wearing guess. off. Yeah, it starts wearing off because you need to feel to push. and. True. I don't know how they do it, but that's how it is. Or the, the contractions get so intense that at the end, you don't feel the epidural as much. I guess that's how it is. But yeah. Then after that, it was another mm. probably like a few hours, right? Because after that, they, yeah. they like like continue to check you to make sure you're continuing to di- dilate and it's time to like begin pushing and stuff like that after you're like at 10 centimeters i believe yeah i mean after you're nine centimeters and they like the nurse or the doctor says okay we're gonna top you off with the epidural like give oh, you right. the last dosage to like so you could feel okay mm-hmm. like comfortable enough but um you could still feel the contractions um but you still feel everything anyways so. yeah but I guess that's just like the end, the the last dosage of the epidural you could get. True. So you could start the process of pushing. And did you did you get the epidural after your water broke or before? No, I got it um, before. Before, right? Because yeah. then I remember your water broke. You, I think I was sleeping, and you woke me up. No, I, yeah, you were sleeping. And it was like. You were, it was 2.45 two something or 2.25 something like yeah, that. Yeah, I wrote it down on my phone. It's like It was like 2 something in the morning. I was watching TikTok you were on, on my TikTok. phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I had my, my, my legs crossed. Like, you know, like... Like crisscross applesauce. Uh-huh, song. like uh, meditation style. Yeah. <laughs> but not that, that tight, but it was like kind of crossed. Oh, one leg crossed. And it, it, <laughs> it was like a balloon. Uh, a water balloon like is in your cooch, <laughs> and you d- and it just pops. <laughs> it's like seriously like that, like poop. And you just and feel it go all over the bed. Yeah, I just felt. I was like, definitely, that's my water break. <laughs> it was so funny, and I was like, because you didn't experience that with with Aiden. No, the f- yeah, with Aiden, they they actually ruptured my my water, so like they, they broke my shit. yeah they yeah. broke my water, so um so it just felt like a river. With the uh, with Aiden, but with <laughs> it's like a water balloon popped. That's crazy. And it was crazy. It was kind of nice to feel it. Yeah, yeah. to like experience it, right? I guess. Yeah. And then um, we told the nurses, whatever they came to check. Yeah. Then I called the nurse, and she was like, "Oh yeah, that's what it is." And she cleaned, she cleaned me up, and she was like, "Well, um, now the contractions are gonna get stronger." And uh, but I wasn't feeling anything because of the epidural, which is amazing. No. If it works, you know, but it worked for me both times. Nice. It was nice. Then after that, that was around two something in the morning. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that right away I was going to have the baby. Yeah, well, which wasn't the case. Yeah. It was still another, like, I was like, I bet you at 3 o'clock I'll, I'll have the baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then 3 came, then 4 came, then yeah. 5 came. And, and like, the, yeah, the, the, I was starting to feel the contractions, like, on and off. Uh, and I had to breathe, you know, to get through them and stuff. I guess that's that's how you know that you're getting closer. Yeah. When even with the epidural, you still feel the contractions, and you have to like stop talking. And Imagine how bad it is if you didn't have an epidural at all. Oh no! I, I'm picturing I, that I pain couldn't just do gets that. In more intense, 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 and the epidural <laughs> is like holding it off. But then it gets to a point where the epidural can't hold off, like the the sensation of the pain anymore and then that's when you start feeling it like yeah i I I give them kudos the people that well the women that do do that but i couldn't do it especially because there is something that you could take which is the podoro (laughs) i wouldn't i don't know but i opted for it so i'm grateful for it so yeah and Uh. um let's see so then the so I like I was waiting. Um, well, the nurse kept telling me, uh, "Do you feel the sensation to poop? Because that means that you you need to start pushing." Yeah, they're trying to gauge like when you should yeah. start pushing. Um, so I felt pressure, but I was like waiting until the end. I don't know why I kept waiting for everything, but <laughs> well, this will make sense because you explained yeah. it to me. Because with Aiden, you you felt like you were like pushing for like a really long time, which you were. Yeah, but it was because it was my first pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wasn't, like, my hips weren't as open. You no, know, true. they say that they, your second delivery is usually faster because you're already, like, your hips are open. So then this time you wanted to wait as much as you could. Before I just didn't want to push before for long. The, before beginning the process of pushing. I had that in my brain. I didn't want to push for long, so. Then eventually the doctor came. And, like and they kept saying, them. yeah, um, get everybody ready, blah, 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 you know, get the doctor. So I had to wait for the doctor anyways. But at the end, I was, like, feeling so much pressure. It was, like, when you're constipated, like a TMI, but <laughs> yeah. when you're constipated and you're about to poop. Everybody can relate. And you can't hold it anymore. You just have to poop. Like, you feel it right there. That's how it feels. And it was, it, it was pretty crazy because, like, from my perspective, because I'm there and you know similar to to with Aiden's pregnancy like I was like hands on like uh, I was like holding a leg and the nurse was holding the other leg and stuff like that we did the exact same thing this yeah. time and the at least with Aiden since you like got to to the point and you were ready to start pushing and they had time to like prep everything set up the table and the doctor you know takes all the sterilized equipment out and like stuff like that and sets up his own table and the nurse is doing other stuff and, and stuff like that uh, with this pregnancy with Grayson's like the doctor came in yeah you were like at the end of of the process ready to push and like you said you were like you couldn't hold it anymore and the doctor was like setting up I feel like he was like still setting up his like sterilized equipment and stuff almost done but like still you know gearing up to like all right now to start pushing and you you and the nurse actually just start pushing because mm-hmm. um, normally like you push a few times like from what we saw with Aiden and you know it, it takes a while but after you you pushed the first time, you went through like that first contraction. Then the doctor was almost done setting up. Then the second time came for the second contraction, and you started pushing again, and his head popped out. Grayson's head popped out, right away. And I was like, 
Well, uh, crowning, right? Yeah. It was crowning. Yeah, yeah. Like, it didn't uh, pop out completely, but I <laughs> like saw, like, half of the top of his yeah. head. And I was like, oh, that. shit, that's his head. <laughs> and the doctor, like, turned around, kind of, and I saw him, like, speed up a bit, like, what he was doing. And it was just like, all right, it's go time. And then um, uh, you did, I think, just one more push after that. I think like, I only pushed five times. Really. Came right out. Like, literally, like the entire... Uh, process took five minutes of pushing. Yeah, because you have to wait until you have a contraction to start pushing. Exactly. Um, oh my god, and like it was hard. It was like thank God it was only five minutes because it was so painful. Um, it hurt a lot more pushing this time than with eight. Yes. Right? Even though eight with eight, was eight longer, and I didn't like didn't I was pushing, it. but it wasn't like painful or anything. It's just you know I needed to push. Like I felt that I needed to push to stop the contractions from hurting. Uh, but with Grayson, it was, like, so painful to push. I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this for long. Like, because I, I, I thought I was going to push, like, for an hour. I was going yeah. <laughs> to push for an hour. I was like, oh, my God, I got to push this so hard so it could come out. Like, whatever it is inside me has to come out. <laughs> but I did feel, I felt the head. Um, like, it's like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. That's how it feels. Because I close my eyes because when I'm scared. I close my eyes to, like, I guess not to see what's going on. Yeah. And it, it makes it less scary. And I said to myself that I was going to open my eyes to see what's going Because <laughs> it might be, like, you know, we might not have any more kids or whatever. And I was like, uh, I need to see what's going on. But I didn't. I, I was too scared. So I was just with my eyes closed. And I was like, I'm just going to push as hard as I can. Oh, Lord. Oh, you know what that reminds me of? The, there, was a, there was a point in time like why you why you were like really cold and stuff like that and i remember throughout the whole night there was uh a meme uh uh, uh a proof fly like in the room there was two of them and then i killed one in which i felt bad about afterwards i don't know why but <laughs> i killed one and it wasn't even bothering I us I no it wasn't it was just like flying but whatever and then um then there was still another one around and i remember you saying at one point like during the night like that you missed your mom or you're like thinking about your mom Oh yeah, that was before I started pushing. Yeah, and you're saying that you wish she was she was there, and I told you that she is. And for some reason, some some in my mind that that Mime was like your mom, <laughs> which I don't know. <laughs> it, it, That's a weird thing to come back as. Yeah, I don't know because I was like thinking of the of the two things in my head, and and but maybe and whatever it it was like flying around, and and then it stayed like in the back wall. It stayed yeah. like during when. Right before you got ready to like start pushing and stuff like that, the fu- the fruit fly flew to the back of the bed, like the wall behind the bed, and it literally stayed there the entire time that you were pushing. I, I even wound up taking a picture of it because I was like still thinking, you know, that's Oyla's mom or something, <laughs> like reincarnated, and she's coming like to watch or like protect her and stuff. Yeah, after you gave birth and stuff like that, it was still there, and then eventually like it, it wound up flying away. Like afterwards. oh, thank God, I didn't go into. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my God. And into something, you know. Yeah. I'm just not gonna say. And then Grayson was born. Then I I heard like um, after you have the baby, you feel like uh, emptiness, like a little emptiness. Like in your stomach. Yeah, like when you finish pooping, yeah. <laughs> you feel <laughs> like a little relief, but it's it's still sore. That's how it feels, and like you feel it popping out. And he started crying right away. And he cried like really strong too. Yeah. Really loud. Um, and then I opened my eyes right there. 
Um, and they asked me if I wanted to cut the umbilical cord. I said, of course, because I, I did yeah. that with Aiden. And I cut it perfectly again. Yeah, they Kudos put it. Kudos to myself. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, like, delivered a, a eight-pound baby. Yeah, kudos to you for cutting an umbilical cord perfectly. Yeah, that yeah, thing is good, slippery. Some good people job. Fuck <laughs> it up with the scissor. Oh, my God. Like, okay. Good for you. Um, and then I delivered the placenta. Oh, yeah. Oh, but you cut the umbilical cord perfectly. <laughs> good job. <laughs> But then um, they put the baby on top of me to do skin to skin. He was like really raspy, like really like breathing like raspy. Like yeah, he was like um, what is it called? Congested. Yeah, really congested. Really congested. So he was like breathing like you know when you have a cold and stuff. And they explained to us that you know since like when when you push uh, a baby out normally, like part of what your body does is like kind of like squeeze the amniotic fluid. Out of from the baby. like out of the baby because you know he's like the the walls uh, of the vagina and stuff like that are and the cervix i guess are like yeah, squeezing the yeah. baby so well like water comes out during that process but since he came out so quickly he had like extra amniotic fluid like built up and stuff like that so he was like really 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 congested yeah and his head wasn't like deformed or anything or egg-shaped yeah it, it was, was like, like perfectly round perfectly round right away because it didn't yeah. go through like that stress yeah. of like being squozing out and um, the, with the first pregnancy, I didn't feel the delivery of the placenta. I, I and just, with this one, you did? Th- th- they didn't even tell me anything. I just didn't feel that. But with the second one, the doctor was like, oh, um, we got to take the placenta out. So just give a good push. And he pushed on my stomach. And I felt like... Uh, I saw it come out. And it came out like so like whole like and he even mentioned he was like wow this is like a perfectly round fucking placenta yeah that's why the baby was so happy in there the nurse kept telling me oh the baby's happy in there Um, he's doing good um he's doing beautifully um he's really happy um i guess that's why Uh, it was a good placenta to be in there and he was born on october 16th at 605 a.m weighing in at eight pounds hashtag mamba mamba weight and 21 inches long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess the uh, they t- uh, the nurse was like, how, how much how do you, much you think? Yeah, and I was like, eight pounds. Nice. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Yeah, <laughs> eight pounds, exactly. What else? Like, I remember they had to, they put like this tiny little tube down his throat to like try to decongest him. Um, yeah, and I kept telling Tony to take pictures because i thought he wasn't taking yeah i was pictures. taking like mad pictures and, and but i didn't see you taking and my pictures. wife is like no the way my no the way i take pictures and she told me like a hundred times and but like, i didn't <laughs> see you with the phone now i'm like yo what is this dude doing I I like take pictures because uh, hello this is not gonna happen again <laughs> you need to take pictures but i guess he took pictures i don't know when but <laughs> maybe when i had my eyes closed i don't know probably or when I was pushing, I guess. I don't know. And then, because I am trying, like, I, I, I did definitely take pictures. Um, but I'm also trying to, because they tell you, like, not to record and, like, stuff like that, like, while they're doing, like, procedures and stuff. Um, so I was trying to, like, balance that. But, yeah, that was. And then they Grayson's were, were going to sew me up. But I was like, please use Lattacane, like, numb me. Oh, yeah. Before, because of the first pregnancy, you learn. True. Live and learn. So that's another like pro tip. Yeah, just tell them to numb you up before they start like like uh. Yeah, and they told me to like to hit the epidural thing. Yeah, the button. Yeah, the button. But what is it called when they start uh like sewing you up like your vagina or whatever? To like. You know when you tear. Um, yeah. 
But what is it? Stitches, care. right? They put yeah, they put stitches, and that hurts. Fuck. Like a mother. So after you're having a baby, and your cooch is all retarded and ripped, they tell you, "Oh my god!" Then they have to like sew you up because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> TMI. <laughs> Stitch you back back to normal. Yeah, they try. I guess I don't know. They do it like you know you feel everything, so they just make sure that I told them. Please numb me up, please. Yeah. And the doctor was pretty good. He was good. Um, yeah, it was a guy this time. The first time it was, yeah. uh, it was a I was like, I, was, I don't know what I, how I feel about a guy, but whatever. But it he was well. really good. Yeah, and I didn't feel anything. And um, What is it, postpartum? Like, I recovered really well. I didn't, yeah. yeah, like, I'm three weeks out, and I don't feel any pain. Um, no stitching. Like, I don't feel the stitches or anything. It was pretty good. Like, right away. Nice. So, kudos to Dr. Behar. Yeah, Dr. Behar, NYU. NYU Langone. Kudos to nose, uh, nurse, not nose, <laughs> nurse uh, Iris, right? Yeah, Iris, Iris and um, Antoinette. Ellie. And Ellie. Yeah, nurse like all Ellie. Um, Such a dope staff. Antoinette, uh, Scarlett, Nurse yeah. Scarlett. Um, they were all like warm and helpful and attentive they were so good like i i really like like the ho- i love the hospital because they were so good to me and all the nurses were so nice and the doctors too like yeah. i i don't have anything bad to say no regrets about at all. the staff at all now <laughs> we had two i would say three scares three major scares um the first one was while we were in the hospital with grayson which and antoinette had him at that point to me at least it was like a like a big scare the yeah you know we had the baby we moved uh to a room to to a room uh antoinette was carrying him because of the whole amniotic fluid thing like he uh had like that built up fluid he started like choking on it and you know she's you could you could see and she was great because i could tell that she was concerned after a certain point uh but she didn't like show it enough to like scare us but she was like carrying the baby and and, like tapping him on the back because he started like coughing up but then like couldn't breathe a little bit and she kept on and kept on and like hitting him on the back and and like clearing him up with the the little blue bombita thing um like sucking out like uh fluid from his nose and his mouth and she just kept on and kept on and then she was like come on what's wrong what's wrong come on and then like eventually she like cleared his like airways and it was pretty much that, like the amni- am- amniotic fluid that he had like built up, and like he turned red, and it was scary as shit. Well, then, for me, it wasn't. I just thought that it was like, like regular, right? Yeah, just that uh, the it baby was like congested. A, like a but to me, I could maybe it was like where we were sitting. Like you were a little further away, I was a little mm-hmm. closer to her, and I was like sitting up. I don't know, but like, or maybe you could see the baby mm-hmm. like getting. I saw him getting red, and I saw her. Like I kept watching, uh, trying to read like her body language and shit, and she was kind of like more and more concerned. Like I felt, mm-hmm. but it could also be me like projecting and being paranoid or whatever. But then that leads me to the second scare, um, which was when we were discharged. We were home, you know. We did the the inaugural drive, the same thing that I did with Aiden, and I played uh, Will Smith's just the two of us in the car ride all the way home, <laughs> and. Because since that song came out, that's literally something that I always picture doing with my with my kids, like bring them bring them home. Um, I did that with Aiden, did the same thing with Grayson. So we're home, 
Uh, and the thing with COVID is that oh, um, yeah. we only had 24 hours in the hospital and we had to leave. Yeah. Um, well, we didn't have to, but they said that. Yeah, we didn't have to leave, but, you know, they let you go home yeah, after they 24 hours. Instead of 48 they, hours. Yeah, they want to check on the baby for 24 hours at least. And then you're allowed to go home after that. Stay close. Um, so we only had, and I was like, it's too soon. Like, I need more time in the hospital. I feel safer. And we even extended it a little bit. Like, we stayed a little longer. We stayed a little. Yeah, we're going to get discharged the next day pretty much. Like right? 10 in the morning. Just, we just had one day there. And we're going to get discharged at 10 in the morning. Um, but we decided to stay uh, a little bit after 3. Right? Yeah. 3 or 4, like something like that. We stayed like half a day more. A little less than half a day. Yeah. And because I wanted to get the breastfeeding uh, consultant. You know, because I was, I, I was, consultant. yeah, lactation consultant. consultant to breastfeed the baby. I wanted to try it at least to yeah. see if it could happen. So we needed to wait on that and the hearing test for the baby and all that. Right. Oh, yeah. That was another thing. Then Reason uh, <coughs> failed his hearing test twice in the hospital. So that was something that was like looming over us and worrying us. And we couldn't retake the test until uh, 10 days after which has since passed and we went and he passed with flying colors thankfully yes um and like super fast he passed it in like 30 seconds um but it was the same thing with the amniotic fluid um, yeah exactly that it was in his ears yeah so that's probably why he failed it's not necessarily that he didn't hear anything because they did see activity or whatever exactly they said they that they picked up activity reaction or whatever exactly but he was fussy and um he still had amniotic um, fluid in his ears. That's how, like, clogged up he was everywhere. <clears throat> so then we we get home. Um, you know, we have our, our close uh, family over, our immediate family. And everybody's meeting the baby. Then uh, Soyla's in the room with the baby and trying to breastfeed him. I think I was there. And he, he started, like, choking a mm-hmm. little bit. And then, like, I went to go get the little blue thing. But it wasn't, like... Like, at that point, I was just, like, whatever. just, like, a little congested. And then you were, like... Uh, or or who he you was know? choking. Yeah, yeah. He started choking. Like mm-hmm. he literally turned beet red. Like his entire body. No, he turned blue. Really. And he started turning like purple or blue yeah. or whatever. And we're there like hitting him on the back. And, and they can't breathe. I was just, it was scary. It's fucking scary as shit. And I'm like using the pompita thing to like unclog his nose, unclog his yeah, sticking in his mouth, Tony sucking shit him. out, banging him on the on the back of the uh, uh, of uh, on his back. back yeah. Like thankfully and like weirdly enough, we saw we saw a video that I remember I, I forwarded you on Facebook of that cop that like saved this this uh, infant that was in the mall, uh, choking, and that kind of was like in the back mm-hmm. of my head floating somewhere, and the cop was like hitting the baby in the back uh, in the back, um, for like three minutes straight, and you know it kind of like, it finally dislodged thankfully and the baby started breathing again, so I kind of have that in the back of my head. I had the. Uh, what Antoinette was doing when that happened the first time like in the back of my head and I saw how she was just like sucking everything out of his nose and his mouth and like uh, hitting him in the back and like thankfully we did those things continued doing those things and, and then he started getting his color back and yeah he started breathing getting his color back and but I was just like after that like it was just scary freaked out because scary, we, yeah. yeah we don't know if he was choking or what yeah um that's it then the third and biggest scare Mm-hmm. was <laughs> after all that that night our, fir- our first night home um 
you started getting cold again and yeah you told me that you weren't feeling well and yeah, I, I started getting the chills the cold chills and like uh starting feeling the same thing that i was feeling in the hospital which was probably that true maybe i don't know but it was like really cold and the ac was on and um i had just put the baby like pajamas on and uh, put the swaddle i was like okay so i'm ready to go to sleep um i had just like tried breastfeeding him the best i could <laughs> i was just learning um but then i started getting really cold um and i started feeling like uh when you're gonna get a cold like my body was hurting i felt like i was getting a fever and I was like, oh, my God, like, I hope it's not that I'm getting COVID or anything like that, because that would be the like, like, really? I imagine like having a newborn and having to quarantine. Like, what do you do in that case? Um, and me having the our two year old son next to me and the newborn. Like, yeah. what do you do? Oh, well, my sisters were here and, you know, my brother in law was here. And my husband, of course, was here. But like, what do you do in that case? Yeah, like, you don't know what's. Yeah, doing. Like, we were talking like, what if you don't have like anybody? Like, if you're a single mom and you have kids, and oh you my get god, sick like that. that's insane! Like, like w- what the fuck do they do? Like, do you literally have to entrust like a neighbor or somebody that that might be willing I, to take the kid? I, I don't know, but thank God that we have a lot of family and everybody was system. yeah, uh, yeah, was able, available to help and from my brother David and sister law Janet to your your sisters judy and jc and, and raul and my my parents thankfully like, we have yeah a, everybody a was available to help and willing to help and because because what happened was after you started feeling like the chills and stuff like that you told me you weren't feeling well and i i touched you and you felt warm and i was like oh shit and they tell us in the hospital if you have a fever yeah before you got discharged they tell you all these things like if you feel um like if you're bleeding more than usual um, if you feel fever or you are the baby, just um, and different things like different symptoms that you could feel or pain or whatever. You just make sure that you call us and let us know. Um, exactly. So uh, it's part of the, the discharge paperwork and the fever. If it's 100.4, 100.4 or higher for you or the baby, then we're, we were told to either go to an emergency right room or call the hospital right away. I took your, your temperature. Uh, with the with the thermometer and it was 101.8 or 101.6 something like that it was it was nearing but the thing is it, it wasn't a, re- a reliable thermometer <laughs> it's like one of those cheap whatever yeah thermom- like a rinky, we didn't really have one like like a rinky dinky thermometer yeah. we have thermometers for the kids but not really like like for us and uh-huh. it was like uh, like one of those that you just put under the tongue so we didn't know like how reliable it was um, but it, but still, it was scary because again, the number they tell you to call or go to the emergency room is one hundred point four. So this is almost two points higher. It's like almost uh, one hundred and two. And we uh, immediately we called nine one one, called an ambulance, and then we also called the hospital and they left a message for for whoever was the on call yeah, the on call doctor. The ambulance comes. Uh, I'm hoping, like, when they come, that they, you know, they're able to, like, take your temperature and, yeah. and verify what the temperature is. And they don't carry <laughs> They said, like, we don't take temperatures. We just take 
uh, the temperature with the earth thermometer. Yeah, wait, 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 like, before we even get to that, be, that what threw me the fuck off is <laughs> there. First of all, it's a thermometer. It it seems like like fucking EMT 101 or something like that. Like they should carry that, especially during like COVID. COVID, times. yeah. Even, I like, don't know. When, when, you, when you go to fucking <laughs> you think. when you go to fucking Shake Shack, like they take your temperature. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something. To, like when Tony called 911, I was like, "Don't call 911 because what they're gonna do? Send a, a thing, and then they're gonna take me to Jamaica Hospital, which I don't want to go there." Yeah, it's like the um, Hood Hospital here. For those of you it's listening. like you know, like whatever. They're not gonna know my history. They're not gonna know anything, and that's the closest hospital. Yeah. Here, One of the but closest. whatever. I was too sick. I didn't care. I was like, whatever. I didn't want to get up when the guy, the the two EMTs come here, got here, and um, he was like, "Can you sit up, <laughs> talk to us?" It's like, yeah. Uh, okay. So then, so we're we're explaining something. You just had the baby and like stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, we're going through everything, and they retake the temperature with our thermometer because they don't have one again the fuck and it, it is high it's like 101 point yeah you know, the same and thing. he told us to take the baby out because the baby was in the bathroom yeah out of the to room take just the babies in case out. yeah just in case it's covid or whatever and then they told us you know they can't take us to nyu to the hospital because that's too far to a different borough they could take yeah, us to we, we live in queens and exactly so they could oh, take us in my hand they could take us to either uh, Long Island Jewish, which is, which is a, a decent a hospital decent, here yeah. in Forest Hills, or to Jamaica Hospital, which again... Or Forest, Forest um, Hills. That's a, the LIJ. Um, or to Jamaica Hospital, which again is the hood hospital here that you go in for, you know, take out your tonsils and you come out with a sex change type shit. And <laughs> then, then there, the on-call doctor finally called back. Which is just, it's a perfectly fine hospital that's the only one you have there but yeah but if you have a choice don't go there no <laughs> you know like i definitely didn't i want want to go to jamaica hospital especially like we want the like our goal was to get back to nyu because they knew everything that you know she would just discharge in the morning they have all her records all her information and and stuff like, like that. that afternoon i was discharged and this was like nine o'clock um at night and i started feeling sick and then we called the emt so many things happened so fast yeah uh, the on-call doctor uh, called, spoke to Soila, and she recommended, you know, go to the hospital. Um, She's or, like, if you could come go- here to NYU, come. If you can't, then go to LIJ or whatever hospital. you. But you need to be seen because, um, you know, we don't know what's going on until you come be seen. Exactly. And then um, we, we made the decision uh, to let the EMTs go. And thankfully, because uh, Soila's sister was here, uh, we asked her to just drive Soila to uh, to NYU in the city. So I stayed with the baby. Um, Soila's other sister stayed with with Aiden, like in the other room, and and Raul stayed here also. And nothing. Uh, Judy, your older sister, took you to the emergency room in NYU. So at least you were again in the the same hospital we had, we had come from. Mm-hmm. They admitted you. And they were waiting for me um, because the on-call doctor yeah, told they, them. Yeah, they started like the triage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then... And they took my temperature. It was high. It was 101.9 or something. It was higher. But I took Tylenol at 9 o'clock. So I was feeling better. But um, it was just like masking the pain. Yeah, I was the masking fever. the fever. Um, I still had a fever, but I was feeling better at least to go to the hospital. Um, then you finally, you know, you go through all the, all the stuff in ER... Like, what, what are you feeling at that time? I wasn't feeling anything. I was feeling good. Um, but I still, I know that I had the fever still. But in terms of, like, being worried and, like, scared and, like, stuff like that? like um, I definitely thought that it was COVID because I still didn't know if it 
that it was COVID or not. I didn't know. They took a EKG, like right when I walked in, and they took my temperature and the EKG. The lady was like, oh, the, we're going to give it to the doctor, so we don't know what's going on. And I hadn't gotten tested yet for COVID there. Um, so they took me in, and you see all these people. They put, like, this mask, uh, like this thing on my face, so I won't get COVID, I guess. I don't know. Or, or um, give it to anybody. Or if give you it do to anybody. It. Um, but it was pretty quiet. It wasn't that bad. The, the emergency room wasn't bad. Um, so me and my sister went in. They took they took me to the back in a wheelchair and they put me in a bed. And we just waited for the the doctor to come see me. And I told him what happened that I was discharged and I had just had the baby. And they said, "Okay, so we have to do um a ultrasound to see if maybe they left something inside you or or maybe something of the placenta was mm. left. And that could cause like infections yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and maybe that's why you have a fever or whatever. And I had to wait for that. Um, then they took me to do the the ultrasound. And they were going to do a internal, <laughs> a vaginal ultrasound. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, because I'm all stitched up and there's no way. Like, no. And yeah. she's like, oh, you don't have to do it. We just. You know, <laughs> if you like if you decline, we won't do it. I was like, uh, hell no, I'm not gonna do that. Excuse me, I don't want any more trauma down there. Because they could still do the other, the regular. Yeah, ultrasound. they did the regular one, but whatever. Um, and that was negative, so they didn't find. Yeah, anything. they didn't find anything. Um, and they kept asking me if I had problems with fibroids before, and I have never had any issues. Um, thankfully, anything, no fibroids or no anything. Um, but they kept asking me that. Everybody. I don't know. Maybe they, they saw something going on. Or maybe that was like their leading, I yeah. guess, opinion of what, of what was going on. And they did a urine test and they said that that it might be a UTI that I had. Um, and then they needed to do another test. So I had to pee again in the cup or whatever. And they sent it off. Um, so we were just waiting. And the doctor came back and he said to them that they were going to admit me to give me antibiotics that it might be a bacterial infection yeah in the uterus um so they needed to start me on antibiotics so they gave me the first antibiotics there in the er uh in the emergency room yeah which is um and that's how they started the antibiotics and then at that point that was like a couple hours later after you left here yeah. so they told like julia to come home and they admitted you into the hospital, basically. Yeah. So they took me up to, a, like, a private room, which was good. Um, I was so freezing. Then I was freezing again after I was feeling okay. Then I started freezing again, and it was so horrible. Um, I couldn't, like, walk, or I couldn't stand up or anything from the wheelchair. And I looked pale. It was, it was scary. Um, and I just wanted to sleep. That's all I wanted to do because I felt weak. So now the nurse just, you know, laid me down and I was able to sleep a little bit. And then they started me off in antibiotics. So they were saying that it probably is. Uh, they were pretty much giving me every like, OK, it could be a UTI. It could be this. It could be that. But they, they couldn't like pinpoint they couldn't it. really know 
what was going on but the plan from their perspective was give you a round of antibiotics then um take you off the antibiotics after Mm -hmm. like 24 hours see if the fever goes away and if it does then you know they beat the infection and you know they'll continue running tests like they did they did a sonogram Mm -hmm. of your legs to make sure it, it wasn't was the blood, blood clot. Yeah. Um, they did blood work. They did urine samples, cultures, uh, chest of the uh, x-ray oh, yeah. of the chest. X-ray of the chest, yeah. Like uh, a whole gamut of stuff. And everything, everything, everything came back negative. They did like multiple COVID tests. That was all negative. And they couldn't pinpoint it past the... the, the they told us... Um, it's more likely to be a... Uh, like a bacterial infection, a yeah. uterus infection, something like that. But that it's one of those things that they might not be able to like exactly pinpoint what it was but long story short like it was a scary few days you were in the hospital for five days and after that first round of antibiotics you the next day they take you off to monitor you and the fever comes right back so it's like oh fuck then they put you on antibiotics again and i kept having those chills like that same pattern having the chills then having the fever um and then they put me back on antibiotics which was like crazy because i spent like the whole time that i was there with anti- on antibiotics like back to back on iv iv it's drips crazy. of antibiotics it's crazy i like I, I had the smell of medicine and like multiple different types you told me right yeah um and i and i told you like from my perspective you know being here at home with the newborn with the two-year-old even though we have obviously uh, uh the family and support system which uh, i told them i told you like i don't know what i would have done without them um like during this time like it was scary as fuck because like me you know i'm like the uh prepare for the worst um hope for the best type of person i'm thinking of every scenario in my mind i'm like what if she doesn't come back what if something happens what do i tell aiden when he says where's mommy and it was i i was fucking scared like i literally dropped to my knees i prayed i cried i and you know trying to keep it together which thankfully again everybody our support system like helped me be able to do that but it was scary hearing, like, you, you're feeling better, then the fever came back and you're feeling worse. You're feeling better, then the fever came back yeah. and you're feeling worse. And it was like it's a roller coaster. It's hard, like, giving that news, too, and, like, feeling it. I can imagine from your point. Um, from your point, it has to be, like, exponentially worse. Yeah. Because um, you had to, like, leave your babies, you know, and, like, leave here. And you are the one going through it. The Yeah, that was the toughest thing, I think. Then like, I, having to, like, because you're, you're thinking that the worst thing is going to be, like, oh, you're not going to be able to sleep because <laughs> you have a newborn. <laughs> yeah. And no, you just have to leave them, you it's know? It's like that like, times 10, hundreds. It's, it's, like, crazy. <laughs> you have to leave them. And, oh, and I left my phone here, like, out of all the craziness. I, oh, yeah. I left my phone. So I didn't even have contact with you guys mm-hmm. until the next day when, when my sister took the phone. JC took to it, To the right? hospital, yeah, with my brother-in-law. Yeah. Um... So it's like, okay, so I told the nurse, can you call my husband and tell him that I'm okay and that I'm in room whatever um, and if you could give him the phone number here and just to have contact with you guys. Yeah. Because I didn't even, I didn't even notice that I left my phone. There's so many things. Yeah, I was either. I, like I was texting you and, and like trying to let you rest but <laughs> and then, then you through it and I was like, you know. Yeah. Then <laughs> there was a point where like I think I was after the second or, or the beginning of the third day like that they were going to keep you again that you know i spoke with your sisters they stayed with the kids and i went to the hospital to like stay with you and like take you food and comfort food and just be with yeah because the hospital food sucks yeah <laughs> and like i had nothing let's say they just give you like three meals a day right like prison, <laughs> like prison. <laughs> 
Um, and they give you the last meal at five o'clock. And if you eat everything, what are you gonna do? At nine o'clock, if you're hungry, you're screwed. So I kept telling the the nurse, "Oh, bring me ginger ale and apple juice or whatever." And I just to put it away, <laughs> like a, nice, like a hoarder, to survive at night. It was funny. And then I went one day, like I stayed with you for like the twenty four yeah. hour for like I after slept over. yeah after I got the second, like they told me since I got a fever again, and I had to stay another day. I went to get more antibiotics and then they were going to take me off and do that whole process again. Um, so I told Tony, you know, you got to come and bring me food because I can't anymore and I need junk food. And I was going through withdrawals. Um, no junk food, no nothing. I was like, no, you need to come because I need to see somebody from my family anyways. Like I was feeling lonely. Um, and, you know, and you said, oh, I'm going to take you food. I was like, yes. Yeah. And I went to like one of your favorite pizzerias, which happened to be around there because you uh, when you that was the next day. Was it? Yeah. The you took you took me the comfort food, the food that Judy cooked, and then the next day you took no. me pizza. The food that Judy cooked was like the last thing I took you on the last day. Remember when I went and I came back home? Oh yeah. So yeah. that day you took me pizza. But I took you pizza and like junk food and shit, like chips and oh, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I was like, bring me something, like anything. Yeah. But then you know, and we spent a couple more days in the hospital. I spent like I spent that one like night with five you. days more. Then I came back to like mm-hmm. give some relief to like like oh, five days in total. I was uh-huh. admitted for five days, but then they told me, okay, um, so what we're gonna do is we're not gonna wait. We're just gonna send you home with uh. Oh, but hold on. Be- before you get to that, the a good sign was I guess, even though the fever kept coming back each time it took you off the antibiotics. It came back, but not as high as that initial, oh, yeah. like one to one point nine or whatever. Like so when it came back, it was getting better. The infection or whatever. Exactly. That the infection was getting better, so that was a good sign. Yeah. So then the game plan uh, from the doctor's perspective was, if now after this, I, I guess like the third cycle of the IV drip of antibiotics, um, if the fever doesn't come back after that, then we are going to send you home with oral antibiotics for a yeah. week and then by then you know that should solve should it. be should be good yeah i was like whatever i'll do anything i just, <laughs> just want to get out of this place <laughs> i want to see my babies and i want to be home you know like i don't want to be in the hospital anymore even though i was getting good naps i was getting yeah. a lot of sleep I actually got some sleep when I when I slept over there. Yeah, because I, I obviously wasn't down. sleeping at home, yeah. like worried about you and also dealing with the newborn and waiting. So, but I didn't care. I just wanted to come home and see the babies. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And thankfully, it's been almost a month since, right? Yeah, One more like week. Three weeks. It's been three weeks. You know, you're good. Grayson's good. Yeah, no sleep, but that's the normal. Yeah. thing that i was expecting yeah exactly not that, <laughs> like we're prepared for the no sleep part yeah. but not for like all this other crazy like being shit. super tired and the you know regular yeah. newborn things and grayson's really fussy doesn't sleep at night he keeps aiding up so then mm-hmm. he gets fussy so we had to like separate the two and now i stay in the living room with the baby while you know we take turns yeah and so that way you know aiden doesn't get so at least he Woken has like up. a sense of like normalcy a little bit. Yeah. And, and hopefully he's happy I'm home. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like he was really happy. Yeah. And he was asking for you like crazy. Where's mommy? But you know, that was the first time that I got you know, I, I were slept apart from him. Yeah. 
first time and then it was like years. a hell of a time like freaking seven days yeah after that so but we're good thankfully no Absolutely. issues glad you're happy healthy mm-hmm. and thank you for going through what you went through for all of us and thank you hopefully grace and aiden look back on this in the future and <laughs> be that much more thankful <laughs> We survived. See what your mommy did for you, you fucks? You better act good. <laughs> act right. Yeah. <laughs> Behave. When, when they say, I got a paper cut, and I was like, well, um, you were eight pounds. <laughs> so you're okay. <laughs> All right, babe. Thanks for doing yeah. this. All right, babe. And that's the episode, folks. It's crazy shit, right? Well, I'm glad we're past it. I'm glad everyone is doing well and healthy. I hope that you folks listening we're able to take something from it if not just you know listening in on the experience and and what we went through you know maybe you are in the process of having a kid or maybe you went through something similar and you wanted to see what the experience was like for someone else but you have some some pro tips in there from the baby sock that i mentioned in in the intro to getting like propped up before having the balloon inserted to always 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 having one of those like blue bulb sucking things handy to help unclog uh, a baby that doesn't know how to do it do it themselves and i just appreciate you guys listening i like doing these episodes because of the fact that i want to give my kids the ability to be able to look back and get a real like almost first-hand experience to what things were like before they were like paying attention to things or able to pay attention to things you know like how was it when i was born like both my kids will now be able to like relive it through their parents eyes and see where our heads were at with everything that was going on and even selfishly just for nostalgic reasons for me uh to be able to like listen back on you know years in the future i know it's something that i would listen to in a heartbeat if it were available from like my parents times and if you folks listening get something out of it then it's obviously all the better. Now, the last thing that I'll leave you all with is the fact that I decided to cut out using like outro uh, transition music between ending the show and, and the outro that I normally do. And even though it's something that I always like to do, and I always liked the like mini challenge of trying to find music that kind of sort of related to something that was referenced in the show and give you all the opportunity to like vibe out with something that I was vibing out to. But, you know, being that I follow the podcast landscape fairly closely, I'm noticing certain moves being made, like by Spotify, for example, that is now allowing certain podcasts to play music and have kind of sort of like morning show, traditional radio morning show style shows, uh, but a podcast version of it. And the plays of the music within those podcasts actually count as streams toward the artist whose song it is which makes absolute absolute sense to me but uh you have to have that specific type of show in order to be able to do that and everyone else you know still is under the rules of copyright infringement for example and you know that's always been the case you're not really supposed to play you know music on a podcast even if it's you know but for fear of you know people just like pirating music which is clearly not what what I do with the show. But even when you play like snippets, you get flagged by certain platforms like YouTube, whenever like 
I play a song, like my entire show will be flagged by YouTube for a copyright strike, which means that I, I would never be able to like monetize the episode, which is not something that, that I'm worried about, you know, being that the, the podcast is still somewhat of a, a smaller or has rather somewhat of a, a smaller reaching audience where like the monetization and the making the money off the podcast is not like a main driver for the show at all. You know, maybe one day it'll have like a much larger reach, which is obviously the goal. But then when and if it does, having this back catalog of episodes with music on them, even if it's like snippets of music, will cause like a ripple effect uh, issue, such as being, you know, having a full show, like every single episode taken off of certain platforms, not just like copyright strikes and stuff like that. Because like with the whole YouTube thing, you can literally, you can fix that by going back to each and every one individual episode and just like bleeping out the music pieces but if a platform like like Spotify or whoever you host your show with, like, for example, I use Libsyn, decides to, you know, shut your show off for whatever reason um, due to, you know, copyright infringement concerns or something like that, that would be something that's out of my power. So to avoid all that, I say all that very long winded explanation to say that I'm not going to be dropping music anymore uh, at the end of the, the episodes moving forward. So I hope you guys don't miss it too much. But I did record a brand new outro for you guys to listen to with some new and interesting ways you can help support this show. So without further ado, here's that outro. And I appreciate you guys listening. Peace. Hey, folks, Tony here. If you're enjoying the show, do me a favor. Rate and review it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to help out the show in other ways, I'll give you a one-stop shop of sorts to do so. Go to spuntoday.com forward slash support. That's where you'll find a ton of different ways to help support this show, such as shopping on Amazon. If you do any shopping on Amazon, like most of the world, I ask that you do so by clicking on any of the Amazon banners on my website. This will take you to Amazon where you can do your shopping like you normally do. It will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Speaking of Amazon, they fulfill a bunch of the merch that I have available. If you go to spuntray.com forward slash support, you're going to find a brand new merch section where you'll find the iconic Podcasts vs. Anybody super soft premium cotton t-shirt. You'll also find the legendary Spun Today Podcast tee, which is in the style of the New York City Plastic Thank You Bags logo. For my fellow Dominicans out there, I have a dope Dominican Escudo t-shirt. You know where the Lacoste or Polo shirts have their little logo? Picture that, but instead, a Dominican Escudo. All available now in a variety of different colors for men and women in all sizes. In the Spun Today merch section, which again is at spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll also find a bunch of other t-shirt designs, long sleeve t-shirts, short sleeve t-shirts, color changing coffee mugs, and much, much more. Check out all the merch at spuntoday.com forward slash support. All of my short stories can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash short stories. The free writing pieces that I read, share, and review during the free writing session episodes of this show can be found at spuntoday.com 
forward slash free writing. There you can read all the pieces that made the podcast as well as tons and tons of others. My books are available in any digital format of your choice, whether it's Kindle, Apple's iBooks, Kobo, you name it. They're also available in paperback. You can check them out at spuntoday.com forward slash books. My debut novel, Fractal, is a sci-fi time travel story of a group of righteous travelers that attempt to right the wrongs of the injustices of the past. My nonfiction, Make Way For You, is a collection of tips for getting out of your own way. So if you need some motivation, inspiration, and a good old-fashioned kick in the ass, that'll be the read for you. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books or search for those titles on Amazon. Another great and free way that you can help support this show is by subscribing to my newsletter by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe. You'll get a photo, podcast, video, quote, and word of the week every single Monday at noon. What else do you have to look forward to on a Monday? Plus, you'll be the first to know whenever I publish a new book. And if for whatever reason you choose to, you can unsubscribe at any time. Go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you'll get the very next one. At spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll also find links to my Patreon, Ko-fi, and PayPal donation pages. Patreon and Ko-fi allow you to make recurring donations per episode, and you even get some bonus content for doing so. PayPal allows you to make a one-time donation to the show. For my fellow writers and creatives out there, a really cool way for you to be featured on this show is to respond to my five-question Spun Today questionnaire. I'll read your responses on a future episode of the show and share them with the Spun Today community. Think about it. If your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? To do so, go to spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Spun Today on both those platforms. Check out and like the Spun Today Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Spun Today. I'd really appreciate it if you subscribe to the Spun Today YouTube page. Just search for Spun Today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on my website. There you'll not only get the full versions of this podcast, but you'll also get bonus content like shortened episode clips and much, much more. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy.